Hey kids, rip this sound. Put it in your game. Don't do. Don't. Don't. Don't, don't steal from my game. Better. I found. I found this today, or not today. The other day. Hey. Is it a soundboard? Yep. No way. Is it an app form? It's. It is a like. You fill it in. Oh, sweet. Oh, okay. You put your own sounds in. I made my own custom. Nice, nice, nice. Don't starve app board. <laughs> yep. That's, I'm going to bring that. I got to get that. Gobbler. Gobbler. <laughs> get that. That'd be a good. That's a good resume. That's like a good just, networking tool. Just take this to your, take to your that interview. To GDC and just be like, here, push a few of these. This is, this is me. That's me. <laughs> That's, that's me. Literally, literally me. <laughs> I don't even know if it, that's that's not that's me. me. That's Gord. <laughs> uh, still, we're doing the stream today. Still, everyone still loves that. Oh, sweet, good. Yeah, everyone loves the crab. I I listened to it for the first time in ages, and showed Caitlin, and she was Caitlin hadn't heard it yet, and she was freaking yeah. out. She thought it was so funny. So that's it is, good. it's a good one. Good. The only thing wrong with the the crab sound. Is that I didn't do it. <laughs> Everyone thinks you did. So, I mean, so I'm like, God damn it, so good, and I didn't do it. Uh, you're okay. All right, uh, all right. So, I'm Matthew Martinson. I'm Gordon McLattery. This is Beards, Cats, and Indie Game Audio, episode 25. 25. We're remembering numbers. It only took two years to start remembering. We're in, in, the into year three. Yeah, and if we're going with numbers, it means we can stop just doing it monthly. <laughs> we should just, we should just do the entire year all at once, all in one day. Yeah, and, and just be like, there it is. There's yeah. twelve episodes that we put out. Yeah, things don't move quickly in our industry at all. <laughs> that w- those wouldn't. Be it would be date. totally relevant. Yeah. <laughs> That was <laughs> so the latest release of this middleware came out today, yeah. twelve months ago. You heard of Isotope Vinyl? <laughs> Heard of vinyl? Uh, vinyl's back. It's back. I know that is a new development. I'm, it's I'm, back. Super, I'm super excited to see that uh, they they updated it to 64 bit and put it back out. Still free. Still. Was it always always free? Yeah. Or is it just so old that they were? No, like, okay, no, it was always free. It was one of Isotope's no, cool. free things. So that was pretty cool. Man, what a great company. Yeah, I love those guys. Uh, so, for our uh, as I shift around and make a bunch of noise, that's your problem. You're editing this one. Oh, I am too. So this time, what are we what are we talking about? So last time we did a my talk. podcast version of Matt's talk from the the what were we calling it? The Sound Bash. Yeah, the Bellingham what, Sound Bash. That's what we were calling by it by John Bash. <laughs> and uh, I did a talk too, so we're gonna do a yes, a little we're version do, of that. You're gonna do your version, so. Yeah. You talked about... I talked about virtual reality audio. Which is... Because I think I'm good at it. Well... And I've been doing a lot of it. Um, and I've been obsessed with it since I knew it was going to be a thing. So, all right. So, I, it's one thing I have opinions on. Um, <laughs> we're, we're nothing if not short on opinions around here. <laughs> <laughs> I try to keep it pretty soft. Pretty soft. I, I make up for that. <laughs> I'm in... Not into bitter, bitter mode yet. <laughs> um, anyway, so, yeah, so I've, I've been working on Fantastic Contraption for not that long. I mean, since last summer. 
Right, which um, is about as long as anyone's been working on the current crop of exactly. VR games. Yeah, so, and it's doing awesome, and I think yeah. it's one of the better-sounding games right now. Fairly objectively, um, like, the Vive demos are pretty phenomenal. Yeah. Um, the Valve demos. And uh, But anyways, it recently got announced as one of the launch titles that's coming, like, bundled with the hardware. With the Vive hardware. With the Vive itself, yeah. yeah. So I'm pretty pumped on that. Which is pretty good. Because you should... For anyone who's, I don't know, living under a rock, there's also the Oculus Rift. Yes. There is Sony's VR platform. I think it's just called Sony it's just VR. Called Sony VR. It was um, called the Morpheus, which was a totally badass name. Yeah. Now they're just calling it Sony VR. Um, there's Samsung, the Samsung Gear. There's yeah. Google Cardboard. Yeah. So there's a bunch of stuff. And then coming. there are a few unannounced ones as well. Apple's probably working on something. Google's probably working on something. There's kind other of. Other than cardboard. Right. Um, there's kind of Microsoft HoloLens. Yeah, running I think around the periphery, they seem to be sort of separating themselves from it. They're a different thing, yeah, for sure. They're they want, augmented. And they want to be marketed as a different thing. They're not for games. They're not for yeah. They're they augmented reality, not mm-hmm. virtual reality. Mm-hmm. But so there's a bunch of different stuff. So you're doing a Vive game. I'm doing one of the two like launch, launch Vive title games. Yeah, with the Vive launch Vive games. Um, there are a bunch more launch titles, but this one right. like you get if you if you get a Vive, you get our game. Which what's I think is the cool. uh, what's the it's other one? like Duck Hunt. <laughs> totally. It's totally like Duck Hunt. What's the other bundled game? Uh, the other bundled game is Job Simulator. Right. So two Canadians. That's pretty awesome. From uh, Alchemy Labs in Winnipeg. Cool. Uh, who I get to go see, I yeah. think. Uh, Colin and I are going to Winnipeg to shoot the trailer for the for the game on the first. Yeah. Or like less than a day. <laughs> but, uh, awesome. But be neat to meet Kurt. Um, All right. So... I've done Fantastic Contraption. I've done a few virtual reality commercials. Yeah, believe it or not, um, and I have a few more of those in the pi- coming down the pipe. Pike coming down the pike. Coming down the pipe. The pipe. I've heard pike. It's also uh, it's a road. T- it's, well, I think they're both applicable. Okay. Yeah, they could both work. Yeah. Um, and I just wanted to go over sort of what my expectations of what I thought VR audio was going to be like. Yeah. Versus. Um, what really it is like. Yeah. Because the thing with VR is it's such uh you don't know what you're dealing with until you try it thing, specifically with the room scale stuff. Mm-hmm. Basically, what I expected, there wasn't things that completely flipped me on my head. It wasn't um, things that I thought that were completely wrong. There were a lot of expectations were kind of verified. Yeah. But there were a whole bunch of other things that I hadn't even considered. Okay. Um so, firstly, so the things, like, I noticed and I expected, um, obviously I expected binaural audio to be important. Right. Um, because if you're putting yourself in a 3D world and your sound is not 3D, then you okay, are what? suddenly, I don't know, like you're watching a 3D movie without yeah. the glasses on. Um, and so that's totally, that was totally true. Um, I also expected that... Non-diegetic music, so mm-hmm. like score, soundtrack yeah. that's coming from nowhere that's in movies and games right now would be weird. Yeah. And I stand by that being true. Yeah. Um, a lot of the games right now are tech demos and stuff where I don't even think they often have sound people working on them. Mm-hmm. Um, they have this blasting score. Yeah. And for me, it just completely muddies everything up. Yeah. Like... 
I was trying one last night, and the sound seemed okay, and I'm pretty sure they're using some of the, like, 3D deception or something to get mm-hmm. some binaural action happening. Um, but then they just had this pounding soundtrack, and it's coming from nowhere in the world. Yeah. And it just seems to just cloud the entire immersion, like, almost it almost felt physically clouding. Huh. Because you, you're reaching around with the, because it's got controllers with your hands, you're grabbing stuff yeah. out of the air, everything looks like it's actually there. And then there's this mask of mystery audio hmm. just in your face all the time. So I stand by that being a thing that people making games just have to get used to the fact that music is... Music coming from nowhere is bad. Like, music yeah. is great, but it has to come somewhere. Like, put yeah. speakers in the world. Yeah. Um, and give the user control. Do you, do you think even, like, just putting invisible stereo speakers in the world, mm-hmm. would that help that? It would depend on the game. Like, if the game is sort of surreal and you're allowed to have music coming from nowhere, or are you just yeah. talking about any kind of soundtrack? No, I, yeah, yeah. I'm kind of thinking of uh, you're doing a, an action-y game. Yeah. You know, and in an action movie, music just comes out of out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. It's still a flat presentation to us, yes. 3D or otherwise. Like, as a viewer, it's this flat presentation. Maybe. I mean, it might even be even weirder. Like... But I'm just sort of thinking you, of like, oh, you've got it's a... non-diegetic, I guess you can sneak it in subliminally somehow. Yeah. And people are going to keep doing it. Like, me for sure. saying this isn't going to change anything. People <laughs> are going to... They're going to be putting non-diegetic music in yep. VR for years until I think, like, the games that are better are not doing it and they do better and everyone... Yeah. And people finally Start following what's doing. Um, but, like, people are going to do it for really long time. Yeah. So that time will tell, and I think it will be a taste thing. But mm-hmm. as far as a service to virtual reality, yeah. a service to immersion, it yeah, is yeah. No, no a music. disservice. Right. Um, and then, so those were really the only two things I really thought about mm-hmm. um, and was expecting to happen. The rest I was kind of happy for it to be a surprise. Yeah. Um, so the very first and probably most important thing I've noticed is that everything matters. Suddenly, your whole prioritization sheet just goes out the window. <laughs> as far as like what sounds are important, what are what are not important, almost everything feels to be of equal importance. When you're watching people play, when you're playing yourself, it's like because it's so interactive, and you're reaching out and grabbing things. And this is this would be specifically for room scale, I think. Yeah, where you are really physically touching things and picking things up and throwing them and dropping them, where. It's like if so. We got a little table over here, and I'm just moving yeah. a model around. I, yeah, in a, in a VR game, like you want to hear mm-hmm. something happen. Where more like a most traditional game is like you wouldn't care about that. Yeah, if it was getting knocked. Around. I think um, I think it's just as important room scale or not. Yeah, like I think like an Oculus cockpit game, mm-hmm. like you're cockpitting a you know spaceship or a. A airplane or whatever, yeah, like a seated experience. All of that stuff, you're still in whatever controllers they've got. You're going to be reaching out and hitting toggles and hitting buttons, and like, I think all of that is is still just as important. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think it's I think it's not so much about the room scale, but it's the physical interaction. If you've got the hand controllers on whatever platform and you're touching things, oh yeah, yeah. I think that with the hand, I think the hand controllers. I guess that's what I yeah. should have said. Yeah. Um, but I feel like if you're controller controller, yeah, that's already kind of a break. I think I think from reality. 
Possibly, totally. But, but I it's think it's probably still going to be better. Yeah. I mean, this is really just something most sound people have wanted to do forever. I think if you're still, you're a, like, you know, just headset VR sitting in a cockpit of some sort of machine, mm-hmm. and you've got a regular controller in your hand, but there's still, like, all the, like, switches and toggles that, like, your character is basically doing in mm-hmm. that space. I think all of that still matters to put you in that space. Yeah. You know, when I, when I press the, the, the foot pedals... And Virtual footballs should go. Yeah, you're gonna yeah. hear the one hear that little creak. Yeah, I think I guess specifically with contraption is that everything is physics based. Yeah, we're stretching things, and mm-hmm. the user controls how fast they're stretching everything, and you're always throwing stuff. It's just physics objects everywhere, <laughs> and very tiny little ones. There's a little ta- we have little tassels that hang from the controller that you can see in the virtual world. Yeah, and if and you, and everybody holds. Holds it up in front of their face and like jiggles, and jiggles it, and that's just not something that exists in traditional 3D games. Little mm-hmm. tiny details like that that you can put right in front of your face. Yeah, uh, so that it's, was really cool. Like, I mean, that's the kind of thing that I've just always wanted to do, and yeah. I think I've always had trouble prioritizing <laughs> <laughs> when it comes to detail. I I just remembered like our, one of our first assignments at VFS was to. Just cut sound for this little animation. Yeah. And I remember cutting all the backgrounds and making it so that, like, the dripping tap was yeah. always on the same, like, was yeah, always yeah, yeah. on the right side. Like, every shot changed, I would pan it. Yep, make to, it right. To make it in the right place. And then, from a TV perspective, like, nobody does that. <laughs> um, like, it's a, it's a BG. Like, the hissing pipe is just there. Yeah. Um, but that won't be the case once... Uh, film goes to VR mm-hmm. as well. Everything's going to have to follow it. So basically, you've VR proofing with the, the Don't Strive Ambient system. Yeah, um, yeah. Like, with the with my continuation of that system, I'm making mm-hmm. it so that it's a VR proof. Yeah, just a VR proof uh, system. I, I yeah. started. Which getting, I think is I started getting that implemented in uh, Contraption as well. So yeah, except Sweet. Contraption, you're not moving through the world, so it's just four points that stay there. It's not yeah. compli- complicated whatsoever. Yeah, but I think it's I think that's a good thing for lot for everybody to do these days. Um, you never know where your game is going to go, mm-hmm. like what platform you're going to end up on. You know, so the more you're future proof yourself against things within reason, mm-hmm. the like better off you are down the line. When hey, if you've got a system that will do is really great for what you're doing, and it stops this other thing from possibly happening, like hey, why not do it? Yeah, you know, and it might be a little more work, but. Like, I've been really learning lately, derailing a little bit of your VR talk, uh, but just um, with having more sound people here and everything, trying to impart to the new people how I feel clay works. And a lot of what we do here is design right up until the end. Mm -hmm. So a lot of the sound decisions are made about how do we make this modular and scalable to different things so that when then inevitable design change happens, we can quickly, as audio, move with it. Right. And we've not like, oh, we've gone down this path, and well, if we make this change, well, then we have to throw everything out and start over. It's like, well, no, we made it in little pieces, so actually we just need to take out the one piece and retrofit the other piece, and there, okay, we can keep doing mm-hmm. that. You know, and it's it served the design of the game by making sure that we can move with it. Yeah, that's a tricky thing to do. I think... Keep it like if you're in a Y session, keeping it kind of shallow sort of helps. Yeah. You know, if you don't get too too deep. Yeah. So um, so yeah, if you can if you're thinking even the vaguest, 
maybe my game is going to end up VR. Yeah. Do do the little things that can like help it out mm-hmm. first. Um, move, I'll move on. Uh, so everything matters. That was, like details. Yeah. Key. Details king. Um, uh, distance fall off. Yep. Is really finicky. <laughs> and I've spent lots of time, especially once you're working with binaural audio and you're working in a 3D world where everything feels like it, like actually looks like it's like two and a half feet away. Yeah. Um, then your fall off has to match that. Right. Um, and none of the defaults seem to work. Uh-huh. So I think I've settled on 0.43 <laughs> logarithmic fall off. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Though I've been told to give linear shot. I don't know. I'll give it. I'll um, see. I'll see. Have you found different objects having different fall-off curves, yes. or is it a universal? No, because there are some objects, some sounds I want you to be able to hear it a little further off. Mm-hmm. So those will have a less aggressive fall-off. So there's still a lot of tuning on that. So there's per... tuning for every object, basically. Yeah. Like, because you're throwing, because it's still not 100%, we're not shooting for 100% reality, which is one yeah. of my notes a little bit later. Mm-hmm. Is you still want feedback so even if in real life you may not hear that thing because you just threw it yeah. 50 feet, the fact that you saw yourself do it, you want that satisfaction of hearing it bounce, mm-hmm. um, I've adjusted for that. Yeah, It's just it's all just you play the game and you're like, I felt like I should have heard that. Right. Whether the science says it's true or not. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> Serve the game, not physics. Exactly. Um, uh, mixing on headphones is suddenly allowed. <laughs> right. And expected, because yeah. nobody's going to be playing on speakers yet until Dr. Chuary gets his 3D audio system. Guess when we all have headphone speaker free. arrays in our homes yeah. laser pointed at us. Yeah, which is, it's, I can't wait for that. Because um, headphones are annoying. Is Has there any been any consensus about the hardware as far as... No. Like coming with headphones, being able to plug I in your own headphones. Believe it is, it's not going to come with its own headphones. The Vive. The Vive, no. So you'll use your own headphones. Yeah. Which is just a little disappointing to me because I think it means fewer people will listen. Mm. But um, at the same time, it depends on how you're playing. Yeah. Like if you're playing it socially, and our game is a very social game, mm-hmm. and not, like it's a great game. To, I, I love playing our game by myself. Yeah. Um, but it's also a very good social game. Playing socially, like, you might just want to put the sound on on speakers in the room. Right. So that everyone's getting a bit of feedback. You're not getting the directional stuff as much, but you can take advice from your friends and, and work on things. Yeah. But playing by yourself, it's so it's so fun mm-hmm. um, to be fully immersed and just be in the world and and ignore uh, your Broadway facing living room. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> it's still loud and dark. still still very similar to now, where we've all got our, our super awesome monitor systems, mm-hmm. and then everyone's playing on their super craptacular. Yeah, except people put. So I, I feel we'll like, have our really great headphones, and I feel like the regular consumer puts more effort into the headphones they buy than um, their speakers. I'm I'm just gonna like lay out on the table how many Beats, Beats by Dre have been sold, <laughs> uh, but compared to home theater systems. Like uh, yeah, yeah, but I'm just saying you're not gonna everyone get a, is going out and just a lot of a lot of people are going to be playing your game on Beats by Dre. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I better mix on Beats by Dre. Oh, I'm gonna go get a pair. Just shudder. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, no, really, I have to buy these for work. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
But uh, but carrying on from that, the yeah. other thing that I have not done yet, um, because I don't have the I don't have the Vive pre the Northways do. Um, it comes with a little pinhole mic. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a couple of things I want to do. I want people to be able to interact with other people in the room with headphones on. Right. So if you're wearing headphones, I want the room to somehow be mic'd so that everyone talking is put into the world with you. Yeah. But that could get really complicated. And I don't know if it could be done with some kind of mid-side device, which doesn't sound super fun to set up, or like Ambisonics or something. Mm-hmm. That's down the That's down the road. Yeah. But just philosophically, I feel like that's something that would be really sweet to happen. Um, and can happen with multiplayer and already happens with reg- other multiplayer games, right? Right. It's like everybody's talking to each other and they're placed in the 3D world. Yeah. So. Yeah, there's games that have the chat and then there's the like sort of in world, you have to be near somebody to hear them talking. Yeah, exactly, which so, is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, I would like to do that because it would be great, like, if in our world, the other people. The people sitting on the couch harassing you, like their voices are coming from angry flowers of some kind or, <laughs> or something. Um, and I, but the other thing I really want to do is to put the user's voice in the world. And I think this is like staying on the, like a tangent of what is serving virtual reality. Mm-hmm. That is a huge one because that's our little subliminal echolocation device that we don't right. even notice we're using a lot of the time. If you're talking, that's giving you information about the world around you just by how the sound you make is interacting with the world. Um, so you're talking about having having the player have a mic, headset mic or whatever, built yeah. into the system, and then feeding that into all the reverb and everything that yes. you've got in the world so yeah. that you sound like you're talking in the space you're seeing. Yeah. So when you, when something, yeah. even if you're playing by yourself and something shocks you and you're just like, whoa. Right. It's like, whoa, 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 yeah. whoa. Yeah, that'd be cool. That'd, that'd be really be cool. Fantastic. Um, and something I've been talking with, uh, or I, I recently emailed Varun from 3 Deception about that I think is also super important on the same sort of subliminal scale, mm-hmm. is getting geometry-based reflections in, Yeah, ge- uh, reflections and occlusion. So yeah. right now, I, they do have a room system, so you can put a box on it and then you can get your, your level geometry mm-hmm. um, interacting correctly. But as far as, like, geometry that's spawned... Right, there's nothing like, for that. Like, right now in Contraption, like, ideally, down the road, I can, in Contraption, if you haven't seen it, go watch the trailer, and you'll get a pretty good idea of what it's about. Um, you can... I, ideally, you'll be able to grab a rod and talk at it. Yeah. And you'll be able to close your eyes and talk, and you'll know that the rod is in front of your face. Yeah. If you did that with any other object in the in the real world, you can totally tell... That there's a thing there just by yeah. putting it up to your face. Yeah. Um, or even silently, unless you're in an anechoic chamber, <laughs> if you if you just put your ear your hand up to your right ear or your left ear, yeah. you can tell there's a hand there. Yeah. Um, because it's occluding the ambient sound of the environment. Mm-hmm. And I really want that to be a thing in virtual reality. And I think it's not that far away. Varun yeah. said they they should have a beta like by like GDC time. That's pretty cool. So um, I want my hands on that. <laughs> The one of the last things I noticed um, is that uh, dynamic range is back. Yep, we don't we're not crushing everything anymore, and that's another thing I've noticed. Other game playing other games where heavy compression is being put in place mm-hmm. in virtual reality, it's not flying. It just sounds loud. Yeah. Um, 
Whereas you're in a world with all this basically, well, it's not literal, it's virtual, but it feels literal, <laughs> literal, like this depth. Yeah. And the, it's, and that's kind of what dynamic range is. It's, it's, it's depths, it's highs and lows. Yeah. So obviously if people are playing in noisy environments, they're going to require some mm -hmm. compression to hear everything. But in an ideal environment, VR audio will be pretty uncompressed. Yeah. It sounds like you need a lot of, like, different, not mix options, but um, player-choosable yeah, like, mix settings. You know, like, there is the... Lots of games have the, are you playing on a TV or a surround system or, you know, late at night or headphones... So they're, you know, you if you're doing a VR game, you might do yourself a service by putting in a couple of options of, mm -hmm. like, hey, are you playing in a noisy environment or not? And the not is, like, uncompressed. Yeah. You like, no bus compression, like, let it breathe. Yeah. There's like, hey, I'm playing in a noisy environment. And they're like, well, okay, we'll, we'll compress some stuff just so you can, you can catch everything. Yeah, that'd probably be pretty easy to set up, too. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, that's, that's all the things I realized. Um. And then I was going to go over, although I may not have, I, like I wanted to go over <laughs> like solutions yeah. for these problems that we came came across. So, uh, so as far as binaural audio, like this, like obviously that's a thing that needs to happen. Yeah. There are tons of solutions. I'm not going to go over them, but there's a really good article on designingsound.org um, by Anastasia Devana yeah. that everyone should read that goes over very... With a, a pretty fine-tooth comb over all the available tools, and it's a very fairly recent article as well. So I recommend recent at out. the time of us recording this. I would just put a, a, like a little asterisk on that. Right. Go search again whenever it is you listen to this, and there's yeah. probably a, a new newer article possibly has yeah, been written about. There might be a couple of new tools. Yeah, about um, more plugins and stuff because it's definitely an evolve. We're, it's evolving right now. It's not rock steady yet. So. Nope. Um, if you listen to this a year from when we've recorded it, please go and check out what the new tools are doing. Yeah. Bleeding edge disclaimer. Um, yeah. The We're using 3Dception. Yep. I like working with the guys. Mm -hmm. um, they respond quickly. They're a huge help. Yep. Um, uh, they like the game. And, okay, and so as far as... So the diegetic music... Uh, don't do non -diegetic it. Non-diegetic <laughs> music. Don't do it. Um, be like, and don't do. Don't just be like, oh, me, like, music sucks. I guess we don't get to have music. No, be creative. It, it, yeah. This is a huge opportunity for creativity. Um, and throwing non-diegetic music in, I think, is just lazy. Yeah. Um, there are so many cooler things you can do. So what we did um, was we actually. Took, we took the objects in the game that you're building your contraptions with, and every single one of them is a musical instrument. Mm -hmm. So that you can you can hit it with you can hit it with your controller, and and it will make a musical tone. The longer the rods are, yep. the, the lower the tone is. You get a full C major scale. So then, and that has introduced an entire side game yeah. to the game itself. We got tons of side games in the game just that were just kind of born naturally of, from VR. Yeah. Um, so, so now you can build musical instruments. Mm -hmm. So in your case, you're getting rid of score. Yes. And giving a interactive musical fundamental approach to the game so that players will find music in what they're doing, which is a yeah. much more interactive so thing the, the, the as player, well. The player is now the score, basically. So 
as you're building your contraption, you're you're causing collisions with all yeah. these things, and your contraption is going to be comprised of all these different length rods and different wheels, and they're all making different musical sounds. So, so mm-hmm. the player is the player is scoring the game as they play. Yeah, uh, which I think is pretty sweet. Uh, my my solution to the everything matters as much as everything else is it's just kind of a lot of work. <laughs> there's no there's there's no like trick yeah basically you just, just have to do it shitloads of variations yeah so like light medium heavy impacts and mm-hmm. then i'm crossfading all of those so that it's a nice gradient yeah and there's multiple variations of every single one of those so like dropping a wheel on the ground is 60 potential assets yeah it's it's a lot of sounds um yeah. and but i'm pretty uh anal about that stuff anyway so <laughs> i don't mind um and the nice thing about working on the platform we are working on and working indie yeah. is that we're like, why would we care about resources? Yeah. Everybody that's buying this has a ridiculous computer. <laughs> <laughs> so we can have two gigs of sound. We yeah. can we can push the RAM. Um Yeah, the min spec on all of the VR stuff is pretty high. It's so. pretty high. So I'm not worried about Yeah. Like if it's causing frame if it's causing a drop in frame count. On our systems, then I'm going to do something about it. Yeah. But until then, I don't care. Yeah. They're like, it's because there is a min spec. Mm-hmm. We don't, we don't, we're not worried about um, less powerful machines, which is definitely not a broadband indie <laughs> recommendation. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so basically, my conclusion is um, you have to adjust your perspective a lot. Yeah, working in VR, it's not like working in other games. Yeah, you can't just go in with all your other non-VR game strategies and expect them to work. Because mm-hmm. um, it's not going to be, it's not going to work. It's going to be ineffective. Yeah, I guess it's a bit like when film people come into games and think that they can just do all the film stuff yeah. and it work. It's like that level again. Yeah, it's a whole new medium. Yeah. I mean, a lot of this stuff applies. I guess it does with film to games as well, but, I mean, we're still using a lot, all the same tools. Yeah, um, but that's that's going to change. Like, yeah. this is this, like I like was saying, this is the bleeding edge of everything. Yeah. So it's just getting figured out, so. Yeah. And especially, I think, now, with it getting figured out, now is really the time to, like, sort of experiment and try stuff Absolutely. out. Because maybe you're going to stumble upon the great new way of how to do sound in VR. Yeah, totally. And I get, the other, I think, the big takeaway that I want to make is that um, there's tons of work in VR right now. Yeah. You, and the tools to learn to, to learn it are easy. They're the same as they were before. I mean... Mm-hmm. Grab, grab three, grab the three Deception demo. Grab the Wise demo. Figure it out. Figure out how to uh, integrate it with Unity. Yeah. Um, which is also you can get for free. You can mm-hmm. get these all working together for free. Yeah. Um, it's not fun. <laughs> there are bumps along the way because um, because it's the bleeding edge. But I mean, this I is it. this is an interesting. This is one of those things I've been hearing a lot of people talking about lately. And I have never integrated any middleware into an engine. Like, yeah. I've never done that. All I've, all I do is sound design and you know a certain amount of technical sound design with mm-hmm. with middleware. But like I don't do any of that stuff. But I definitely see having that skill, especially as an indie freelancer, mm-hmm. really would be a benefit to most sound people to know how to integrate 
both like the three, four major middlewares yeah. into, you know, Unity and um, UE4 like, or maybe. Works, like, if it works, it's dead easy. You just yeah. read the manual and follow the directions and it should work. But a lot of the time it doesn't. And then you have to do a lot of troubleshooting. Sure. But I, but I think learning that process, like doing that and getting that figured out, and there's always, everyone talks about how hard it is to get people to use middleware and to use these extra tools. And there's the whole cost and all that. And mm-hmm. like, never mind all that. Like, say you win that battle. Yeah. But there's also this like, oh, it's more work. I have to, like, I have to integrate all of that. And you're, you're like, you know what? I can do that. Like, yeah, give me a totally. day and it'll be done. Yeah, I'll do it. Like, that's what... It's middleware take, is for. It's, middleware it, is to take the load off your programmers. Yeah. So if you can figure out that much, that much of how to integrate it, mm-hmm. you can take that load off, and it's one less thing for them to say, I don't want to use it because. Yes. You know, so it's like, figure that out. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's a great thing to be able to, like, bring to the table. Yeah. And I don't know. The contraption team for me was funny. It's like it's it was really intimidating. Everyone on that team is... Pretty experienced. Yeah, um, they wanted to keep it a small team, and so there was a lot of stuff they expected me to just be doing. Right, that I didn't it was new know to you. How to do like a lot of it was even code oriented stuff. Yeah, and so I've been learning all that, and they have been very good about it. But they've been like, "Can you do this?" And I'm like, "I have no idea." What... <laughs> My programmers usually do that. Yeah, and and but everybody on the team is a programmer. The artist is an incredible programmer. Like everybody programs. Yeah. Except me. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, I guess I better learn a thing or two. Yeah. Yeah. Not doing anything from scratch, but I am hooking up a lot of my sounds and code myself now, yeah. which is extremely satisfying. That's cool. Um, and, okay, but yeah, there's a lot of work in VR right now. Yes. Um, and you were saying like, you're... There are, like, I do lots of non-game VR work. That's what I was just going to say. You're doing it's all piles. the stuff that's not games because that's a whole area that's. that's I think being that area is going to be well. bigger than games. Yeah, games are going to be like, well, games and porn. I guess will sell the units. <laughs> they'll they'll po- they'll popularize them, but people are going to find much more useful uses for VR. I'm yeah. thinking about like 3D scans, and sound could potentially be incorporated on all of these. Mm-hmm. Um, there's tons of commercial uses. Yeah, like imagine like the implications for real estate are huge. Yep. Like being able to tour a house without having to go to a house. Yep. Come on. Yeah, it's super um, awesome. I don't know. I have a friend that's a bridge engineer. Imagine if he, if like a company in, in like Taiwan can go to a bridge mm-hmm. with a 360 camera, plop it down, and just be like, scan the area, make a 3D model of it, and he yeah. can just fly around yeah. and, and inspect it very, very closely from his living room. Yeah. Like the implications are huge. Um, so there, there's a lot of work out there, mm-hmm. and start looking for it. People contact me pretty frequently to do stuff that yeah. I don't have time for. So try hunt those people down. Yeah, <laughs> and then there's the whole VR uh, film thing is happening too. Yeah, 3D Sections built a film to uh, built a tool to somehow get binaural audio into a linear format. Yeah, which blows my freaking mind. But I, I think I remember when Atmos first came online. Mm-hmm. A lot of a lot of film guys were kind of freaking out. How do we do this? Right. And approaching game people of like, how do we do this? And they're like, that's just a Wednesday. Like we do that yeah. every day. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's going to be that again. It's going to be even even more so. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. going to be a whole bunch of people that are like, how do you do this? And if you already do, know how to do it. Yeah. Apparently, the 3D section plugin like runs in Pro Tools. Yeah. 
Cool. But you can turn your head, and yeah. the sound stays where it's supposed to stay. That's awesome. I haven't tried it yet. I've, I've, I downloaded the demo, um, yeah. which might run out soon. I don't know. I'll try to... <laughs> I might. I'll, I'm going to try to license it this month. Yeah, um, for a couple projects. Anyway, so we have questions. Cool. So yeah. So that that's the the, the state of VR audio. Yeah, and according I to, to Gord at the yeah, moment. I hopefully can do a GDC talk with that after the game is launched, and I have more things to say. Yeah, yeah. that'd be cool. All right, we got five questions. Okay, pick pick a, pick a number. Three. Three. All right. Fat underscore Bard said. Fat Bard. Uh, what's your favorite unconventional UI sounds to record and like sourced? Oh, to record to okay. What do, in, what's in your most un- games or ones that? Uh, I think he was more meaning um, like that we work. What have you? What's the most unconventional source you've gotten for UI sounds? For UI, a lot of the uh, bubbles. Yeah, big water bubbles all the time. I use bubble sounds for everything. Like yeah. frequently not bubbles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. I don't. I don't know if I've got any really unconventional UI stuff. I usually like synths, right. clicks and pops, and I like lots of tactile physical recording. I like getting I use those more than uh, synthy stuff for UI. I use a lot of synthy stuff, but I, I generally like adding a physical. Like I'll record lots of switches and yeah. clicks, and like I'll, I'll use that. Like that'll be my transient, and then my sort of bed. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about a half-second sound here. My bed is from a synth or something I like, that, I've, that I've altered. I like tapping yep. things, any any object. Glasses are great. Glass, that's conventional. Yeah, to me, that, like... Is that conventional? Like to me, that's stone. conventional, is like glass taps, is like yeah, super yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah, that's true. classic that's true. UI sound. But tapping anything with the gain way up is a nice UI thing. Yeah. I mean, you don't... Getting real crazy with your UI is not a common thing. <laughs> all so short um yeah yeah That's my answer yeah I, I, not much yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right second number five five uh oh this was a good one i was like i don't know if we can answer this uh-huh. gabe j castro says tips on maintaining slash achieving a good work-life balance marry a workaholic <laughs> so that it's so that, okay. So that it's okay. That's what I did. So we have a uh, we have an understanding that yeah. we're both going to be working fourteen to sixteen hours a day. <laughs> so find somebody that's comfortable with your fucked up work life. Yeah, yeah. That's not a good answer. <laughs> that's this is why I was like, I don't think we're we're good people. I'm like, I stumbled. You are. Up, no, I lucked into finding a company that cares. Right. Like that's really what it came down to. I lucked into finding somebody. You just found I a partner a that company that doesn't give a shit. <laughs> you found me. a partner that puts up with it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's it's really hard. Like I think a lot of it is finding what your work life balance is. Mm-hmm. Like for you, you know, finding a partner that is like equally like yeah, we're workaholics. We're going to work our ass off. As you're yeah. comfortable with your work life balance together. That's a balance. Yeah, exactly. Like you we know, talk it's, about it. Yeah, and we're it's, just like, oh, well, that's what you pull we're both mo- driven people. Mm-hmm. You you pull more hours than I'd be comfortable doing, mm-hmm. but that's my balance is different than yours, and nothing's that's cool. Uh, I, there, I just, there's no way I'm doing this forever. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the other thing. Yeah, but you know, you have to you have to put your foot down at some point. And mm-hmm. some cases, if you really put your foot down, that means you're going to lose things 
or move on to other places. But it's mm-hmm. like finding that, like on your level, it's finding the one person that agrees with you. Exactly. You, like if I, you and your partner agree on, yeah, that might, might not be cool. Like worked at the bank or worked a nine to five. Yeah, and I was gone all the time. It probably would not last. But uh, you know, finding a company is just finding more people that agree with your your view on how things should balance. Yeah. And so that's what it's to me. It's about is finding the people that that you know balance out in the way that you agree. Mm-hmm. So it can be tough. It can be super tough. Yep. So I don't know if that's a great answer, but that's an answer. Yeah. If it means turning down gigs or whatever. That, yeah. At some point, you draw a line in the sand. Yeah. And you 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 kind of go. You know what? I'm going to do this or. I'm going to take the the bullet and, like, lose the money from that gig, mm-hmm. potentially, and not do it because, mm-hmm. you know. And in some cases, you can't. Yeah. You're going to have to be like, well, you know, for a while, I got to, like, do this until yeah. I'm in a position that I can make it my priority. Yeah. And hopefully, as an industry, more and more of us put value on that balance so that there is more people that you can find that agree with you. Mm-hmm. And we all learn to do this in a way that allows us to do it for a long time. Yeah, right. Like you said, you can't do your 14 hours a day forever. You know? No, I'm looking forward to having a few select companies that are consistent and are going to be making games for a long time and yeah. not doing any more. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. That was, that was three. That was five. One, two, four. Uh, one. One. All right, from Topher. Uh, this is the one that got me thinking a little bit. Um, best WWE wrestler entrance theme. I have no comment. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know anything. Um, uh, my, my just quick answer is uh, NXT Finn Balor's entrance is phenomenal. I okay. think it's great. But it got me thinking about it. Like, in a little microcosm, wrestler theme entrance music is a like a little piece of music that's 30 seconds a minute long mm-hmm. that has to set mood and character and good ones have interaction with the fans during it right so it's like you can look at them like no matter what you think of wrestling mm-hmm. go watch like on YouTube some entrance themes and like figure out like what you think are good ones like I said Finn Balor's cuz he's got this whole like long proracted intro where he comes in and they flash the lights in time with the music and it's this whole like the music does these moments where he throws his arms up in the air and everyone in the crowd throws their arms up in the air with him and then he like takes a couple more steps and he throws his arms up again like there's a whole interactive component between him and the crowd and the music and the lights and everything going on so they get to be involved in his thing that he's doing. Yeah. You know, and there's a bit where he he walks down and he does this thing and then there's time for him to get into the ring and then he's able to, like, gets time to get on the ropes and throw his arms up in the air. Like, it's a whole, like, thing. And it's, like, it's a sort of, like, proud, triumphant music which goes with his character. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, like, it's interesting how you can tie all of those sorts of things together, which are things we do in games all the time. Yeah, but, totally. Like, we want themes, and we want you to, like, sort of interact with everything that's going on. So I think there's there actually is 
like other game audio stuff than you can take out from that. Um, somebody, uh, nice I kn- try, Topher. <laughs> you tried to ask us a dumb question when we went there. <laughs> um, I noticed we made it a good one uh, from somebody's comments online about a, another wrestler. He's got several themes, mm-hmm. and somebody had started to notice that the different music plays when he's sort of different parts of his character. Oh, interesting. so it's a sign okay. of like, oh, this is the song. Oh, he's gonna, you know, right. he's all like you know, official this time and, like, right. corporate and, like, oh, no, now he's, like, the gloves are off, he's the badass now. Like, yeah, yeah, the yeah. music changes with sort of where his character is possibly going in that moment. It's a little foreshadowing. Yeah. Yeah. So it's interesting. There's actually is, like, I started thinking about it and I'm like, wow, this you can actually go deeper on this than, you, than I originally <laughs> thought. <laughs> so, yeah. Wrestler themes. Who yeah. knew? Who knew? Um, four? Four. Uh, John, the audio geek. Hey, John. Uh, uh, Reaper it, blog. Reaper blog. If you're into Reaper, go read the Reaper blog. If you're not into Reaper, go read the Reaper blog and you will be. Go watch the videos, yeah. Yeah. John, uh, I just watched John's uh, mixing heavy guitars tutorial he did for a pretty big mix yep. site last night. It's good. Sweet. Um, he said, tips for staying focused and finishing personal music projects. Uh... Finished is always better than perfect. Right. Like, I find I have an easier time because I don't do music for my job. Mm-hmm. All, all I do is personal music. Yeah. Um, and it is it's still a challenge. I like I sit in front of my computer and make sounds all day, and a lot of times I go home and I don't, I don't want to sit in front of my computer and deal with more Pro Tools or Reaper or whatever again. Yeah. yeah. Um, I find setting... Proper time helps. Like just going, okay, Sunday, Sunday mm-hmm. I'm going to spend two hours playing with synths. Yeah. You know. Um, I find having stuff set up helps so that when you go to do your personal project, there's no, oh, I have to get my synths out and set up my microphones. The more stuff you can get set up. It's the same as any sound design stuff too. The more you have set up and ready to go, the, the lower you put the bar of entry mm-hmm. to you getting work done the like more likely you are going to do it. Yeah. Right? You are more likely to record yourself making sound effects if there is a mic on a stand next to your desk. Yeah, it's got to be that's what my booth is so accessible it has probably quintupled my personal library just you know, it's so easy to hop. We've in we've stuff. got the recording room here at Clay. Mm-hmm. There's just a mic in here plugged in all the time. At home, I generally next to my desk have a, a stand with a microphone on it too. Mm-hmm. Um so if you're doing music, if it's if you're using synthesizers like hardware, have it set up and plugged in and ready to go. Yeah, but is John saying finishing? He said staying focused and finishing. Staying focused and finishing, like I say, it's when it's not fun anymore. Yeah, wrap it up. Yeah, like if you're like, oh, but it needs a third movement. No, it doesn't. It's a song. You can do whatever you want. This like, is a two movement song. Like, Done. As soon as you're not having fun writing yeah. it anymore. And you're not into it, nothing you're going to add is going to make it better because you're not into it, and that's going to carry through. Yeah. So, like, work work like crazy while you're inspired. Yeah. And then, and that's like, even those are the times when I'm saying, when I say, like, yeah, it's okay to work till four in the morning. Yeah. Like, ride that wave and get that stuff out. And then probably don't, and if you start adding stuff and you're not happy with it, stop. Mm-hmm. 
Um, maybe it'll come back to you in years that you want to finish it. But gen- personally, yeah. I just, as soon as I have nothing more to say, I stop saying anything, and then I do my <laughs> mixing and my mastering, and I, and I call it finished. I had a good... Um, it used to take me like two months to write one song. Yeah. 2014? I tried to do an EP a month. I think it was 14. Yeah. I found setting that goal was really good in helping me stay focused and finish stuff because I was like, at the end of the month, I'm going to put out an EP. Yeah. You know, and that was a self-made rule, mm-hmm. a deadline that I made for self. That really helped, though. It was like, I'm going to do this for that. And as soon as I started getting a couple, I'm like, no, 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 I got to get this done. I got to, like, I've, I've done it. But like you were saying, at some point, it sort of stopped being fun. Mm-hmm. So I just stopped doing it. Yeah. Because I was like, what's a personal project should be fun. Totally. You know, a personal project shouldn't be a chore of like, I've worked all day and now I have to go home and make music. Yeah. Exactly. <sighs> mm. So, like, I haven't had time to do a personal music project in ages. Yeah. <laughs> but my, like, all the soundtracks I'm working on are personal projects to me, really. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not, I don't get a lot of strict direction. Yeah. I just kind of get to do my thing, yeah, which lucky. I love. Yeah. Very nice. <laughs> So, yeah. All right. And uh, last question. Aston Morris, what's the most disappointing sound when you recorded it compared to, like, what you ex- your expectations were? I think is basically what he's getting at. Like, oh, like what would, guns like, are often pretty disappointing if you record, like, yep. until they've been treated. Yep. Like, you record it. If you, sh- I shot, I recorded a gun with binaural mics. Yeah. Which was probably pretty stupid. Um, <laughs> I buffered them a bit, but uh, and then especially when you're shooting the gun and you feel like the thump and the kick and yeah, and it's all in your chest and you're just like, oh, it's gonna be the best. And then you listen to it and it's like, <laughs> <laughs> you're like, come on. Uh, but then after you compress the shit out of it, it's actually mm-hmm. pretty good. I found uh, from my own personal recording session, I did a big. Um, smashing session of like ceramics and stuff and mm-hmm. it was I was like yeah this is gonna be great and then I like started smashing stuff I'm like this is really boring sounding yeah it was you know, like you're gonna you're, and I, you're like alright I'm gonna take this mug you're like clink oh that was it <laughs> okay I'll do another one clink oh that's, there's not the ah uh, like a good smash is actually a whole lot of stuff layered together yeah so usually so yeah, others. I've been disappointed by a lot of things. A lot of things that your expectation of like stuff. Footsteps uh, in sand. Uh, we recorded um, the other day. We ended up recording, and we found a log to drop, and we're like, "Oh well," and we dropped the log, and it sounded great. Mm-hmm. It was a you know I don't know about three foot tall log, about a foot around, mm-hmm. and it was landing on the this forest floor that was a bit of a give to it, so it had this really nice, big, hollow sort of thump. Was this just uh, yesterday? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was great. And they were like, oh, we'll put a bunch of stuff, like branches on it, and we'll, you know, it'll break them as they fall, and it'll be cool. We put out a bunch of branches, and we dropped it, it was like, crack. (laughs) And we're like, that was so underwhelming. (laughs) (laughs) So, Speaking of which, we, we dropped a bunch of logs on our footstep recording. I forgot to pull those out and use them. Oh, yeah. They're in there. Those were really good. Yeah, yeah, I think those were awesome. I have to dig those out. Um, we've been finding a, 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 a lot of use, actually, lately in the footsteps 
from that session, mm-hmm. we did a whole bunch of stamping on a giant stump, like a stump of a of a tree that yeah. was like three or four feet around. Yeah. It sounded really good. Yeah. So, you know, pro tip, go find a big old stump, big old stump and jump on it. One of the my most used recordings was outside with the same binaural mics. Yeah. Just dropping a stump on grass. Yeah. And just getting the best thud out of it with a little, like, but it also has texture and stuff. That's the best. Use it all the time. Yeah. Thumps like that are actually really good if you're doing, there, like, two well, punches. And you have and... to record them outside, too. Like, it's very hard to replicate in the studio, I found. Yeah. Like an earthy grass thump. Yeah, especially there's something about, uh, like, forest ground that has, has got, you know, beds of vegetation that have, mm-hmm. like, it's sort of peaty, and it's like there's this... It's not quite hollowness, but it's not solid. Yeah. That pr- makes this big sort of resonating thump mm-hmm. that's so useful for so much stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You can put it under anything. Yeah. Any punch, you put that thump in. Yeah. You're good. Yeah. All right. So that was it. That's all of that's That's an episode. That's a short one. Is it? Yep. Oh, Phil. You got anything so else you want to say? <laughs> Um, buy Oculus. Oculus <laughs> is coming out in April. Buy Oculus. Go self promotion time. Yeah, self promotion time. We gotta do it. We do, like we do the podcast. Okay. Yeah, Oculus being published by Devolver. O K H L O S. I did all the sound and music. This is awesome. Um, do you have a release date? No, April though. April. Like we've announced April, so it's got to yep. be April. So I'm just wrapping that up. Cool. Did a final asset count, if anyone's interested. How many assets? Uh, 1,250 sound effects assets, mm-hmm. about 1,400 voiceover assets. Yep. 450 events. Yeah. And this is, I mean, like, for it, it's not, it's not a lot. But it's a, two, it's a 2D sprite game. Yeah. Um, so, and it's mobs and stuff, so there's a lot going on. And uh, I think nine... Level songs and five boss songs, mm-hmm. and those are all interactive as well. So yep. I've been working on it for two years. It's a while. Yeah. That is a while. So I'm pumped for that. Sweet. Um, I got nothing. Okay. I don't, I'm trying to think if anyone's got anything to say. Uh, sponsor us. Sponsor us? Sponsor us. Sound to us. Yeah. All right. Cool. Thank you for listening. Thanks, as always. We'll talk to you next month. Ne- next time. GDC. Next month is GDC. Hey, let's just quick. GDC is next month. Hopefully, uh, people will be there. Um, we will be there. We'll, we'll be, be there. there with the Fantastic Contraption. Yeah. Doing a lot of exhibiting. So if you want to try it out, maybe you can. I don't know what the deal is with how to try uh, it. I'm just there on an audio pass. I will be at the usual haunts that audio people are at. Um Sight glass in the morning. Sight glass coffee is generally where the audio people gather before heading to things. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you don't have anybody, generally the carousel for lunch is a usual good hangout. That's just a piece of grass, by the way. It's not like the name of a restaurant or anything. No, there's literally a t- children's carousel, and there's some grass next to it yeah. that a bunch of audio people hang out at. Yeah. Um, so if you haven't found anybody, that's a good place to go for lunch. <laughs> totally. uh, the evenings, I'm guessing most audio people will be wherever the free booze is. Yeah. 
I'm going to be, I'm actually going to try and I go to. I think I'm going to be chilling out a bit this Less year. parties and more. One-on-ones. Uh, gathering, just small gatherings in places yeah. that I can talk. Want to go see my conference pals. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Sad that some people aren't going to be there, but excited to see those. There's always of, next year. Of you that will. Um, I, I'm, I'm putting it out there. I'm putting myself on the line here. I'm getting buttons made. Buttons. If you find me, you will be able to get a Beards, Cats, and Indie Game Audio button. I'll have some buttons, too. Gord will have some as well, so be on the lookout for us and get our first merch. That's something. Yeah, right. You know? Did, who's, is Vince doing it? Yes. Oh, sweet. Okay. Vince, uh, one of the, our, our composer and one of our graphic designers here at Clay, he's, he's doing it up for me. It's turning out to be really awesome. Great. That's all I'm saying. Cool. So look for us at GDC. Uh, Post-GDC, we will, as usual, interview someone awesome at GDC. We already know who it is. So look forward to that in March. Bye. Bye.